welcome into the latest edition of the Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined as always by my hoops junkie friend, Mr. Andy Roth. And today we're also joined by a very, very special guest, Mr. Kenny Albert, who works on Fox Sports, the MSG Network, TNT. He covers basketball, he covers football, he covers hockey. So you get the idea that Kenny has and is doing it all in the world of sports. And uh, we'll bring uh, Kenny in in just a second. Andy, uh, it's been another exciting week in football. Uh, football <laughs> podcast. What a dumbbell I am. Been another exciting week in basketball. And again, what are we, about three, three and a half weeks into the season? Can't really make too many conclusions, but so far I'd say the NBA is pretty much up for grabs, and I like it that way. No, I, I do too. Um, I did watch the Golden State-Brooklyn game. You know, the Warriors were just so impressive. The motion offense creates so many good looks and easy opportunities and layups. And really, to me, the rest of the league should emulate that offense. Uh, too much pick and roll, too much pounding the ball. The Warriors play the game the right way. And think about this. How many franchises could lose arguably the best player in the league in Kevin Durant and not have one of the two greatest shooters of all time and still play at that level. That's incredibly impressive. Well, incredibly impressive because they have, and I think you'll agree with me, the best coach in the NBA right now, that being Steve Kerr, and they have the best player in the NBA right now. And if they handed out the MVP award at least three and a half weeks into the season, Steph Curry would be unanimous. I mean, he's unbelievable. All right, with that all being said, uh, Andy, why don't you do another uh, introduction to our good friend, uh, Kenny? Yep. Uh, well, we, we know Kenny back to our days at Sports Phone. Yeah. When Kenny was a little younger, we were a little younger, but um, TV voice of the Knicks along with Mike Green. And Kenny, great to have you on today. Well, David and Andy, it's great to be with you guys. I ran into David a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we sat next to each other for about two and a half hours at the Knicks-Bulls game in Chicago uh, with David doing a great job, as always, handling our stats. And uh, Andy, it's been a while, but uh, I, I was a frequent participant in the sports phone quiz back in the day and uh, <laughs> used to run into you all the time at, at MSG and other uh, various sporting events. So it's uh, it's great to see you. It's been a long time. Kenny, Kenny for, first of all, I want to say I'm honored to be with you here today. I've worked with your father for a long, long time. It was just an absolute honor working alongside with him, as well as your uncles, both Al and Steve, and now yourself. So honestly, I feel like I'm uh, sort of adopted by the family, if you will. And it's just an honor to be part of uh, the lineage of the Albert family. But, you know, let's start let's start with the Knicks, um, because the Knicks were here against the Bulls. You know, I've had a lot of experience with Tom Thibodeau. He's unique. I guess that's one of the easier words to say about Tom Thibodeau. What are what are your impressions of Tom Thibodeau uh, as a New York Knicks coach? And, and honestly, you know, he's been around the block a few times himself around the league. Well, I think he's a tremendous coach. You know, you look at what he did during his tenure in Chicago and uh, had some success in Minnesota. They hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time. And, um, you know, as you guys know, the Knicks were – uh, pretty down for a long time. And he came in last year and just uh, along with the front office turned around the culture of the franchise. And, you know, it's reminiscent of a, of a Bill Parcells or a Pat Riley or, or, you know, some of the guys we've seen in other sports in hockey and football who just have that presence and they're terrific coaches and uh, they get the most out of their players. And when you look at what the Knicks did last year, winning the 41 games in a 72 game season, uh, making it to the postseason and, when you, when you hear what the players and other coaches around the league have to say about him, um, he's just done a magnificent job to this point. It's uh, been a little bumpy start to the season. Um, what do you make of the early season struggles, and in particular the starting lineup, which has been talked about a lot here? 
Right. I think, you know, they're still getting used to each other. They brought in two new starters in Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Um, you know, when you look at the identity of the team last year, it was defense and hard work and rebounding. And uh, not to say they're not working hard this year. They certainly are. But, um, you know, they had a couple of guys in Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock who were more defensive players, right, than offensive. And those guys aren't here. And they brought in Walker and Fournier, who are better known as offensive players. So it's it's taken some time to gel. Um, I worked the game in Charlotte last week and I was at the shoot around in the morning and um, Evan Fournier was one of the players who spoke to the media and, uh, you know, along those same lines, he said, look, you know, it, it takes some time and we're all getting used to each other and it's a long season. It's an 82 game season, uh, hopefully for the first time in three years. So, um, but I think when you have a, a Tom Thibodeau and, and his staff, um, you know, I think they'll get things turned around pretty quickly. Kenny, let, let me ask you about one of the players on the Knicks. I mean, we could talk about every player on the roster, but one that's near and dear to both me and, and the people here in Chicago, obviously, is Derek Rose. Um, you know, a local kid. I've been watching him since he was in eighth grade. Unbelievable player. Obviously, the year that he won the MVP here in Chicago, he was just incredible, you know, at a guy who's only 6'2", maybe, you know, to do the things that he did. Unfortunately, he's had that whole series of injuries over the years, but, you know, he reinvented himself, and he's still more than an effective player. And there's also been a debate about him whether – you know, he will ultimately be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I think he will. Uh, they said that no MVP has ever not gotten into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, the injuries have taken a toll, but he's still incredible, even in the role that he currently plays. Do you think, A, that he'll be in, in the Hall of Fame somewhere down the road? And what does he still have to offer, you know, on the basketball court? Well, it's certainly been enjoyable to watch um, his second stint with the Knicks. Um a guy who was the youngest MVP in league history in Chicago at the age of 22, uh, obviously had a great start to his career and then went through some bumps in the road. And uh, when the Knicks brought him in from Detroit last year in the trade for Dennis Smith Jr., um, you know, I'm not sure what the expectations were on the outside, but Tom Thibodeau certainly knows him as well as anybody. And, um, you know, he certainly provided a spark last year. He had some huge games during the Knicks' big run in the middle portion of the season. And then, uh, you know, towards the playoff series with Atlanta, he was a big part of the reason why they made it to the playoffs. And, you know, you look at what the entire second unit has done this year, um, you know, in a couple of games, they've really provided the spark off the bench. And uh, the plus minus statistic, which is relatively new in basketball, it was a hockey statistic. But um, I know as of about five or six days ago, he was among the league leaders. He was in the top 10 in plus minus at plus 95 going into the last game I worked in Charlotte last Friday. Um, you know, so he's been a big part of it. And, um, you know, it's great to see, as you said, David, the second act of his career. As far as the Hall of Fame, I, I was not aware of that uh, note that you mentioned that every league MVP has has gone on to the Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, th there's certainly uh, – I'm sure there will certainly be a groundswell, uh, you know, for his inclusion once he's eligible – you know, especially if he continues what he's doing uh, during the second act with the Knicks. You mentioned how good the second unit has been. I mentioned how the starters have struggled. Do you see at some point Thibs making a change or maybe some of the bench players just getting a more prominent role? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm not a coach, never, never professed to be one. But, uh, you know, again, it's a long year. Things change. There are injuries and other factors that come into play. So, I'm sure at some point we'll see some of those guys in the starting lineup. Nobody stays healthy for, you know, not a lot of guys stay healthy for 82 games. So 
we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, so far they've, they've definitely provided that spark with Rose and uh, Emmanuel quickly and, and some of the others off the bench. Kenny, you said uh, one of the teams that you did the broadcast for was against uh, Charlotte. Obviously, uh, one of Charlotte's two main players, and obviously he's, he's the franchise-building player, is LaMelo Ball. And I'm just wondering, can you compare him to his a little bit older brother, Lonzo, who so far with the Bulls has been unbelievable? Um, I guess both of them have improved their outside shooting to the point where they're more than just you know pedestrian. They're both shooting upper 30s, maybe even 40% from three. And, you know, there was so much fear about the Ball family coming into the NBA. But honestly, never mind the stuff about his father. Both these kids and maybe even their younger, younger brother. I mean, they're all hell of basketball players, aren't they? They are. And it seems like some of that's quieted down, you know, the family stuff. And again, we've seen that in other sports with, uh, uh, you know, players, family members being involved. But um, I was impressed. You know, he reminds you of Lonzo a little bit with that sort of awkward shooting motion. But Um, You know, he had a terrific rookie season. He was rookie of the year. And I was chatting with Walt Clyde Frazier on the air. And he actually, now again, he's not comparing him yet as far as, you know, what the, what the, what the career will wind up like, you know, in 10 or 15 years. But he said he, he does see a little bit of Magic Johnson in him with all the things that he can do on the court, Uh, the shooting, the distributing, the rebounding. So again, it's a, it's a pretty big comparison to make. Uh, by Clyde, who was a Hall of Famer and on the list of the top 75 all time. But that's the type of player he sees when when he watches LaMelo Ball. Since you got to see Charlotte up close, uh, what did you think of Miles Bridges, who was definitely a most improved player candidate? Yeah, he was. He was impressive in that game. Uh, Kemba Walker got off to the great start with 17 points in the first quarter. And then uh, the, the Hornets made their comeback in the second half and Bridges and uh, Gordon Hayward were uh, certainly two of the keys in that game. Uh, you mentioned uh, Clyde, always one of my favorite players growing up. And then, of course, he's an alum of the same school that I went to college with at Southern Illinois. So we've bonded over just that alone, much less everything else. And he did such a favor for me and a friend of mine who was a big New York fan and is a transplant here in Chicago and did a little video that I sent to her. And I mean, I think I, I, that made her life. But, you know, what is it like working alongside Walt? Uh, again, such an icon in New York. And, and honestly, on top of everything else, he really does beyond, you know, being the great one of the greatest players of all time. He knows the sport inside and out. Kenny, what's it like sitting next to him and doing a game? Well, he is a proud Saluki, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Illinois. Um, I've had the honor and pleasure of working about 20 games per season uh, with him now for the last 10 or 11 years. And um, it never gets old. Uh, he's such a gentleman, as you guys both know. I've never seen him turn down a photo or an autograph request or a request for a video. He's done a couple for me through the years for various family members and friends. And he, he just he's a legend. He know, and he knows the game so well. Um, you know, he hasn't played now in the NBA for over four decades, but follows it as closely as anybody watches college games. Um, I thought last year he had such a great season on the air. Uh, not that he didn't before that, but. I think last year he was a little bit rejuvenated by the fact that that he didn't have to travel, you know, due to the pandemic. We worked a lot of games out of the studio and he just seemed refreshed and rejuvenated. And he was watching a lot of TV because he wasn't really going anywhere uh, during the you know early stages of the pandemic. So he was watching NBA games, college games. He's I see him on the Internet, on his phone all the time, reading articles and doing research and um, just just a joy to work with. He's he's a legend. Um 
you know, not only in the Knicks franchise, but around the NBA, you know, everywhere you go, uh, you know, fans come up and pay their respects. Even, even folks who never saw him play and only know him as a broadcaster. Uh, we had a couple of Knicks fans at the game in Charlotte last week who traveled down from New York. And um, at halftime, I ran into them and they, they asked me if, uh, if Clyde was going to come down from the broadcast area at all. And I said, He's busy now, but he'll be down after the game. And they said, can you let him know uh, we're, we're going to name our baby Walt after him? Uh, <laughs> the woman is expecting in a couple of months. And he got a huge kick out of that. I mentioned it on the air, and he had a great response. He said, wow, that's a first. Usually people name their dogs after me. So, uh, <laughs> Walt was really excited to hear that, and uh, he took a picture with these folks after the game. But, you know, anywhere we go, whether it's MSG or, or on the road, um, you know, there, there, there's a whole lineup of Nick fans that want to say hello, and uh, he never disappoints. And Kenny, I love that he's such a stickler on fundamentals. My favorite saying is, "Cardinal sin, don't leave your feet on defense," which his teammate Willis Reed taught me at his camp. Guys bite on a pump fake. Clyde's the only analyst that chides the defenders. You know, he he has a lot of those, Andy. You know, he always talks about. Uh, you know, not saving, not trying to save the ball under the opponent's basket because it could leave lead to an easy uh, two points. There are so many of those little situational things that that drive him crazy when he sees them take place on the court. Um, you know, even though he again hasn't played in over four decades, and it was a much different game back then. There was no three point shot, obviously, but uh, you know he's kept up with the trends. Um, you know, really enjoys. Uh, to this day, you know, at 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 his age, in his in his uh, early to mid seventies, you know, still really enjoys traveling with the team and, and calling the games, and um, you know, he he was involved with a restaurant for the last ten or twelve years. Unfortunately, it closed down recently, but he was always there, shaking hands and kissing babies and um, attending events, and he's just really a a man of the people, and the city of New York just loves him. Guys, sit back just for a minute, have a sip of your coffee or whatever you got close by. Let me just do this quick uh, word from our sponsor, that, of course, being DraftKings. And the NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Basketball, football, UFC, you name it. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal this week one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code tbpn at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl you must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 
Kenny, like I said, even before we started recording here, I've had the honor of working with with your father and, and both your uncles. And it's been just a pleasure, you know, to get to know all of you guys. I'm just wondering around Thanksgiving table, which is upcoming, by the way, next week. Do you guys, when you get together, do you talk sports or do you just veer away from that completely? Oh, no, we're definitely talking sports. Uh, okay. You know, I always think back to my younger days and. Uh, whenever my uncles would come over for a, a birthday or holiday or other family occasion, I would just sit back and soak it all in. I would listen to all the stories that they would tell about the various teams and broadcasts and networks that that they were involved with. Um, you know, these days it's not as often, obviously, due to all of our schedules, especially mine. But um, no, that's pretty much the common theme. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about sports uh, for the most part whenever we get together. I'm curious, your Uncle Steve was lucky enough to do the Nets and the ABA with the doctor. Uh, have you gotten any stories about him that you could share in terms of what kind of player Julius was, you know, the ABA version, which was amazing? Right. I remember going to some of those games as a kid at the Nassau Coliseum. Um, my father was actually pretty good friends with Julius back in the day, and he came to our house a couple of times, and we went to his house. My mother once beat him in a game of horse. Believe it or not. Oh, great story. Yeah, she No was, dunking allowed, of course. No dunking allowed. She was probably <laughs> in her late 30s at the time. I was about 10 or 11. And a lot of the adults were playing horse at his house on Long Island. Even though he was with the Sixers, he still had the house in Long Island that he spent time at uh, during the summers. And somehow she actually beat him in a game of horse. That is That's amazing. What was the winning shot? What did, what did she get him on? I think it was a jumper from the corner. All right. I remember, uh, All right. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> By the way, has Clyde ever talked in detail about the way the game has evolved and the current state of the game with the positionless basketball and the high volume of three-point shots? Yeah, you know, he'll get into it during the course of games. Um, you know, he'll often make reference that, uh, you know, if the three-point shot was was in play when when uh, during his playing days, he would have a much higher scoring average. But um, it was a much different game back then, obviously. And uh, but again, uh, he's not a guy that that holds any grudges or has any bitterness as far as the changes. He's rolled along with the punches and uh, really enjoys watching and, and commentating on the games uh, to this day. One last question on Clyde Kenny. I mean, you know, obviously he's known for a lot of things, but one of them is his, you know, wardrobe. Uh, any any temptation on your part to steal anything out of his wardrobe and, and wear it for one of the games? <laughs> you know, I always joke. We've taken some pictures together prior to games, and uh, you know, I've posted some of them on social media with Rebecca Harlow as well, our sideline reporter. And I, I always say I could wear a t-shirt and shorts to work, and nobody would know the difference because they're all looking at Clyde. Nobody's looking at me. There's an Instagram account, Clyde So Fly. And this gentleman posts Clyde's outfit every game, and he gives him a grade from A-plus all the way down to, to C or D on occasion. Not very often. It's usually a B-plus, an A, or an A-plus. But, uh, you know, it's unique. I know I, I've asked him. He says he has about 125 suits in his closet, and he's constantly updating the wardrobe, and he does not wear the same one twice in one season. So if he does 70 games, it's 70 different suits per season. He's you know, got me beat by 124. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you know you're comfortable in your skin when you can pull off some of the things that he wears because obviously none of us could, but he's Clyde. That's why he can wear whatever he wants. On the plane trip last week, he was wearing these uh, yellow Puma sweatpants. And again, he's the only one that could get away with a lot of this That's stuff. Right. But he, he looks great. He, he, uh, he you know, There's never a time when uh, – 
when when you look at him and say, "Wow, he, you know that that's one of the one of the classiest individuals, one of the best dressed." And uh, uh, he, he was wearing a Saluki's warm up suit, David, last year on one of the trips. So God bless him. He still him. has that. He still has that in the wardrobe. God bless him. Hey, Kenny, let, let me ask you, uh, it's died down a little bit, but a couple of names have been in the news, you know, certainly before the season and it's continued on. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are, if anything, on both Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. You know, they both have their individual stories. They're not playing for either of their two teams. I'm wondering if they'll ever play for either of those two teams or anybody this season. What are your any thoughts on either of those two guys? Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because you'd love to see those guys. You'd love to see the best players in the league on the court. But, uh, again, it, you know, both issues are well above my pay grade. So I kind of choose to focus on, on what takes place on the court. And, uh, again, hopefully hopefully they're back with the teams in the near future. Um, I was in Philly for a hockey game, actually, the day that uh, about a month and a half ago when, when some of the Simmons stuff started to heat up. So it was certainly a big topic on uh, sports radio during my drive down to Philly and then back home. So uh, again, you, you know, you'd love to see the best players out there on the court and not on the sidelines. Yeah. It's really a shame because honestly, I thought Ben Simmons, if, if he played the season, had a chance to be the most improved player. All he had to do was work on a couple of things and, you know, he's got so much talent to begin with, but whatever the story will unfold, you know, as it unfolds. Hey, Kenny, we greatly, greatly appreciate you joining us today. Continued good success and health. And, and, and boy, you are currently in the city of Good coffee right now, aren't you? I'm in Seattle for about five days. Uh, I had a hockey game here last night against your Chicago Blackhawks and right. football game on Sunday. Um, we actually, unfortunately, never got a chance to roll it in. But uh, with the Chicago-Seattle matchup last night, we had footage of Michael Jordan winning the 1987 slam dunk competition uh, in Seattle in what was then Key Arena. Right. And it's been redeveloped into Climate Pledge Arena uh, my partner, Eddie Olchek, who you know very well, David, yeah. uh, he always loves to remind us all that in 1984, he was the third overall pick by the Chicago Blackhawks, and Michael Jordan was the third overall pick by the Chicago Bulls that same year. So um, some basketball talk with, with Eddie O last night, and uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. Uh, Andy, again, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. We had a lot of laughs back in the day with our mutual friend, Rich Ackerman, and <laughs> yes. your former colleague at, uh, at Sports Phone. And uh, David, great to see you in Chicago, and uh, hopefully I'll be back for another game soon. And by the way, Kenny, you still remember the quiz number? Well, the main number was 976-1313. You remember the quiz line? You, I thought you did a couple of years ago. Was it 2525? 212-355-7474. That's yeah. the line that Kenny called up on that I talked to him when he was, again, a youngster and I was a, a little older. I, I would come home from high school, 3.20 in the afternoon. The sports For the 3.30 quiz. quiz. Yeah. And actually, Mike Walshevsky, who was your colleague at uh, Sports Phone, King Wally, he's been the Knicks public address announcer for the last 25 or 30 years. Yeah, we're all intertwined, huh? Yeah. Yep, anyway, great to see you, Kenny. Kenny, continue, continue success and good health to you and everybody in your family. Thanks, David. Thanks, Andy. You too. Okay.